We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers podcast. Well, the big news of the week in Cleveland, the Indians are looking into changing their name. And the guys, you know, we're going to have some opinions on that. Also, we got to talk about Patrick Mahomes' gigantic contract. The biggest contract in the history of sports goes to Patrick Mahomes. Plus, we got to talk about this Bryson DeChambeau guy. Guy's hollering at people on the golf course, cameramen for filming him. All that plus some of our favorite sporting events we've ever been to, and as always, our Garage Beers of the Week. So come on up the driveway, pull up your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. Hello and welcome, everybody, to episode 16 of the Garage Beers podcast. We got a good one for you. A lot of stuff going on, especially some stuff going on here in Cleveland sports that we're excited to get to. Uh, as always, I am Michael Keefe over here on the west side of Cleveland, uh, coming from the garage again. Couldn't do it in the garage last week. My internet wasn't working out here, but this week I'm back. I'm sweating. It's hot. It's humid. Uh, but I'm out here and I'm having a good time. Let's bring the other guys in uh, over on the east side of Cleveland. We've got Chad Meyer. What's going on, Chad? Guys. It's almost a uh, clear black night and a clear white moon. Ooh. Uh, I can't be sure, but Warren G could be on the streets trying to consume. Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, guys. Uh, yeah, and over here, I, I'm very sticky once again, just like last week. Um, I don't know how I'm going to get up from this chair, but I'm ready to cast some pods and talk some sports. Let's do this. Chad, things always get sticky over there for you in the East Side Motel. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Hot hot nights aren't good for uh, <coughs> uh, big guys or hairy guys, and I'm the latter. So, are you? so here we go. Let's do it. Are you? Couldn't tell. No, oh, yeah. And why oh, are you well. wearing that sweater? Why are you wearing that sweater tonight? Well, it's it's kind of built in. I have a built-in, <laughs> so uh, we're good. We're good, though. Yeah. All right. Anybody knows me. That's hot. He's sticky and he's ready to podcast, and we love that about him. Let's let's send it down to a place that actually is hot and sticky, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Making some news, Nashville, Tennessee. Maybe we'll get to a little bit of that here on the podcast. But let's bring in Joey Whalen. What's going on, Joe? Uh, not to to cheat on the garage beers, but uh. Mm. The most underrated summer drink uh, is the Bomb Pop, which is that <clears throat> red, white, and blue Smirnoff vodka and lemonade. And I have had a lot of those. Not today, but maybe later. But the past couple of weeks, they've been, they've been doing me right. So uh, cheers to that. 
listen, credit goes to, uh, uh, I, I learned about the bomb pop from a very good family friend, actually my mom's one of my mom's best friends on the planet. So shout out to Sally Gordon. Uh, she, uh, turned, Sally turned us on to the pop, the bomb pops, that red, white, and blue vodka and, and lemonade. And man, I agree with you. Uh, that's all I was drinking in a giant Yeti on the 4th of July. And it was delicious. So Joe's going to get into the beers, but on the bomb pops, you've got to love that. And we're still in Patriot mode here after the 4th of July. Yeah. Sally, call me. Woo. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you guys are good. I'm good. Uh, my kid, I let my kid uh, drive the cars out of the garage tonight and he has never been happier. Like oh. not by himself. He was with me. He's three years old. Yeah. <laughs> but I let him drive the cars out. So he's super happy. But then he saw me setting up the garage, like setting up the table and stuff. And then he got real sad. And for the remainder of the time that I saw him, and he's inside now, God knows what he's doing now. My wife's in there. I don't leave him by himself. But uh, he was just, he was yelling at me. He was like, I want a podcast tonight. I want a podcast. And I was like, buddy, do you even know what is a podcast? And he was like, I don't know, but I want a podcast. So, dude. Give it some years, and we might have our fourth member of the Garage Beers podcast. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, if he wants to, he can, uh, you know, be a sit-in right now. Just stick Hamilton on the uh, the patio TV forum. I I saw your I saw your Facebook story, pal. I saw I saw him up watching the Hamill film. Uh, did you well, enjoy it? Well, we were loving watching Hamilton. We went to put him to bed, but we had. Listen, I'm cool with fireworks. Let's talk about this for a minute. I'm cool with fireworks. I think it's sure. fun. I think 4th of July, you shoot fireworks around the neighborhood. I think there were a ton of them this year because there weren't really fireworks shows for anybody to go watch. And that's cool. Like, I'm down with that. Yeah. But I got some. And I want to make sure if, if anybody listens, it's not the house right behind me. We really like the people right behind us. But, like, four houses behind us. So, like, our house backs up, like, but then the other houses are perpendicular. So, like, four houses over. I don't know. There's some hillbillies that live down there. And they were just... <laughs> drunk as shit shooting fireworks off until like 12 31 o'clock in the morning and i was behind my garage screaming shut the fuck up and i heard them laughing but like when you have a three-year-old yeah right like he came up we put him to bed then he woke up he was out we were watching hamilton he was up till like 11 and then he just couldn't open his eyes anymore but like i will i will come over there and do some things because i'm the dad of a toddler and you don't know rage until somebody is messing with your toddler's sleep. Right, Chad? That's right. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. My, is- uh, my almost two-year-old is, is still is having problems falling asleep now. And, and the almost four-year-old is, is, is pushing and fighting to stay up past, uh, past her bedtime now, like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. So I, I yeah, it, once she goes to bed, yeah, that's that's daddy and mommy time. That's parents time. You listen, you know the old saying, like hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Fair, because right. that's true. But like one right. B or one A or whatever that yeah. next one down is, uh, right. a parent of a toddler. Do right. not mess with me because I have a rage inside me that I never knew I had. Right. Oh God, yeah. Especially when you when you interrupt the parent of a toddler time. Like, like, like mommy and daddy time. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was like, I was screaming behind the garage. I was like, Jason Pierre, Paul, Jason Pierre, Paul, do it, do it. Blow off some fingers. (laughs) They didn't, but I was mad. Uh, 
Boys, I hope your Fourth of July was. I hope your Fourth of July was good. I hope you had a good holiday weekend. To all of the listeners, I hope you had a wonderful holiday last weekend. Enjoyed a an extra day off if you're if you're working and you got some time off. Uh, and now it's time for us to get into one of our favorite things we do every week. It's time for our garage beers of the week, and I'm going to lead us off this week because I usually don't. And I want to give a shout out to a good friend, a friend of the show, a listener, somebody that listens to all of our episodes. Uh, my good friend, Lauren Walden. Uh, and Lauren, we uh, we saw Lauren this last weekend for the first time in months because of everything that's going on. So we had dinner with Lauren uh, and her lovely wife, Nettie. And Lauren brought me, uh, she's been like saving this beer on ice. She brought it in like a bag of ice, like I was going to drink it right there. So she brought me an amazing beer, and it is called uh, Baseball Bat, which is great. And it's from probably my favorite current Cleveland brewery, Masthead. So it's the second time I've had a Masthead. And that's, I got good stories about Masthead. They were my least favorite when they opened because their beer wasn't very good, and they probably would tell you that. Uh, And because I was sitting at um, the Irish Barber's Bar over here called Gormley's, which is like six seconds from my house. And one of like the barbacks came in there and he was like, I don't see any masthead taps. And Sean Gormley, who owns the place, was like, okay. And it was when they were new. And he sat there, this barback from masthead sat there and began to berate every other Cleveland brewery. He was like, you have Great Lakes? That's trash. You have Platform? Trash. You should just have masthead. And so it made me hate masthead for a minute, even though the guy was just like a barback down there. But over time, I've grown to love them like crazy. So Baseball Bat is a uh, peanut butter jelly stout. And it is like, it's a stout for me, a great stout. It's just real thick and heavy. And I love it. And this is like that. And it almost kind of tastes like, um, kind of like uh, like Cocoa Puffs almost. But okay. like with a little more peanut butter and jelly to it. It's like, it tastes like peanut butter and jelly Cocoa Puffs. And it is, it is a if I'm rating a beer out of five, this is a five out of five beer. The, the wow. baseball bat, peanut butter, jelly stout, I would give this a five out of five. It is absolutely incredible. Shout out to Masthead wow. for doing things right down there in downtown Cleveland. So let's send it down to Nashville, Tennessee. And I know you were drinking a bomb pop, but what is your garage beer of the week, Joey? I have uh, Modern Times Orderville. Orderville? Yeah. I don't know where this brewery is at. Uh, so I'm on top of it, killing it. But it's great. Um, what kind of beer? A, <laughs> Tell us about it. It's it's uh, just you wait. It's a uh, it's a mosaic IPA, hazy IPA. It's got uh, mosaic yes. and uh, Denali hops. Um, and it's got a like a fun little like uh, hippie kind of description here. It says uh, the resulting beer is immensely rad with an unmistakable unmistakably banging aroma and a fully saturated hot flavor finish uh yada 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 inviting your taste buds to join a drum circle of flavor in a magical forest of hops oh is it juicy yeah yeah it's pretty juicy (laughs) sounds like peter pan's beer like 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 if peter pan was to drink a beer yeah it is green like the- I don't want to grow up. Yeah, that's solid. I like it. It's got a final gravity of 1.012. I don't know what that necessarily means. 
That means it's like heavyish. That's like Venus heavy. Let's go. That will crush a man. Well, <laughs> I just had a thought. I just had a thought. Have you guys ever seen the movie Hook? Yes. Yeah. Robin Williams. You know how like how awesome would it be? You know how like if you just thought about food and, and, and thought it would just show up on the table. Just beer. You could think about beer, <laughs> and you can have as much as you want at your disposal. I promise you, if you could come up with that, Chad, you could win Shark Tank. Yeah. You should You're do damn that. Right. Joe, I think I've actually been to Modern Times Brewery. Now that you California. say this, California, San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. I think I was there last August. And it was a really cool place. Yeah. So there you go. Modern Times Brewery from San Diego, California makes its first appearance on the Garage Beers podcast. So we got another good one. And let's see what's going on over there in, on the east side. Chad Meyer, what's your Garage Beer of the Week? Well, gentlemen, this week for my beer, I went to a place. Someplace warm. A place where the beer flows like wine and where the beautiful women instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. <laughs> I'm talking about a little place called Akron, <laughs> California. <laughs> Akron, Ohio. Thirsty Dog Brewing Company is is my beer. Is my beer this week? Uh, it, it's the Topaz Terrier. Uh, yeah, Topaz Terrier. Um, you know, it's it's okay. I, you know, I I wouldn't say it has the best flavor. It, to me, it kind of tastes more like a pilsner than sure. it does an IPA, but. It has, a, it has a decent taste uh, to it. So, um, yeah, I, I would give it probably about a three and a half out of five. So okay. not, the, not the best flavor, but drinkable. Love it. Going down for thir- – I think that's the first Thirsty Dog we've had. So, yeah. so. Excellent job bringing Thirsty Dog in. We love Thirsty Dog down there in Akron, and they've got their place up here in Cleveland. Uh, and once I feel safe for going out again, I will, I will go back there. But uh, uh, bottom line is out of the Garage Beers of the Week this week, I don't care what you think about other Cleveland breweries. Don't smack talk other Cleveland breweries. Don't come in and talk. don't go into a bar and talk smack about like Great Lakes. Like they've been around for a thousand years. They're great. Well, and, I know it'll make me mad. And it's going to take me a while to like your beers again. But now I like Masthead again. Okay. Right, well, so anyways, good. those are our garage beers of the week. Uh, and uh, uh, I think this week we'll, uh, we'll send out another poll. And again, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, I said it should have said this at the, at the beginning. Uh, uh, on Twitter, we're at the Garage Beers, and then I'm Garage Beers Mike, Garage Beers Chad, Garage Beers Joey, uh, or is it Joe? Garage it's Beers Joe. Joe, Garage Beers Joe. Joe. The Y. Sorry. And you can you also know. find us at the Garage Beers on Facebook and Garage underscore Beers underscore Pod on Instagram. We're all over the place, so you can find us, interact with us, and we'll probably drop another poll for next week. Next week's Garage Beers of the Week. We'll let uh, we'll let you guys decide what we have. So. Let's get into our first topic of the day. And of course, uh, that first topic has to be the big news in Cleveland sports uh, this week and really sports all around the country until this Patrick Mahomes thing dropped dropped his new contract. How many beers Uh, have you had before this podcast? Listen, I just had the one. Uh, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Explanation. I was sitting here in the garage and this is a very heavy stout. And I was like, man, it's going to take me a minute to drink this but I was really thirsty. So I went into my garage beer fridge and I grabbed a Bud Light and chugged it. So, uh, because that's the closest thing I had to water out here <laughs> was, was a Bud Light. Listen to me. Want to walk outside? Watch me kick my ass. <laughs> Listen, I'm okay. I'm just excited and I'm having a good time this week. Okay. Uh, 
So let's talk about the potential Indians name change. And I think, uh, you know, I think once it gets to the point where it's at right now, the same thing's going on with the Redskins. I think everybody's kind of assuming that it's probably not going to come back. They're probably not going to come back from this discussion on whether they should change their name and say, no, we're not going to change our name. So I think uh, the, the court of public opinion has already ruled. And I, I agree with it, that the Indians, the name Indians is probably gone. Um, and this is probably the last season we will ever see the Cleveland Indians play is what I would guess. Uh, uh, what are your guys thoughts on that? Is that, is that something that you probably think is the, is the same? I'm not really asking whether you agree or not, but I mean, do we think the Indians are going away? Yeah. I mean, especially after um, the Redskins went in for a review of their name, you know, the Indians kind of followed suit. Uh, you know, both, both names are, are considered uh, racial slurs toward Native Americans. Um, you know, I, I didn't really know that about the Indians until I started researching it a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, after review, I think, and the Indians down there are, kind of some of the more progressive people, progressive teams uh, that, that I know that, you know, that I've worked with. So I, I would totally expect the, them to change the name here after this season. Maybe, uh, maybe not after this season, maybe one more season or it, it's going to, it's going to happen soon. So I, I think people that are, uh, really want to keep the Indians name need to start bracing themselves for a name change. Yeah. I think they already kind of tried with phasing out Chief Wahoo a couple years ago. And I think that was, a pretty progressive step for the team, especially with how much backlash they got for doing that. Um, can they just get rid of the black C if they're going to change the name? Oh God. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Get, get some cool logo in there. And, you know, with, with some of these names, if, you know, uh, we'll talk about this in a minute, but I think spiders is getting spoken into existence, Ugh. but Shut your mouth. You know, make a good, make a, make a sweet logo. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you uh, there, Joe. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't want to downplay it. Like I, I'm not real crazy one way or the other about it. I don't want to downplay the fact that, I mean, people are passionate about the Indians and that's okay. Like it's what we grew up with. It's a team. It's a name that's been around for well over a hundred years, not well over, but 105 years, basically at this point. Uh and that's okay to love that. That's okay to love the tradition and and have passion about what the Indians are and and love the Indians and all that. But you know, at the same time, like my life isn't going to change. I'm going to go out. If they could they could name themselves the Indians shit faces or the Cleveland shit faces, and I will go out and buy a shit face hat. Like uh, they're still my baseball team. Like <laughs> it's not going to change. Yeah, I'll go do it. It's fine. Uh, it's not it's not going to change. So like, I guess I'm not. I don't really care. Like if they came back and said, if they came back and said, listen, we, we did a comprehensive discussion with a lot of uh, local native American groups. And we were told overwhelmingly that we, they did not think we should change the name. So we're going to keep the Indians. Uh, okay. Like, all right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like celebrate that. It's just gonna be like, okay, fine. But if they can come back and say, listen, we have decided that we're going to move on from the name Indians and we're going to pick something else. Uh, okay. Like my life doesn't change. Like, I love these people out here that are just flipping their freaking lids like they're like, like, like they're going to lose their jobs because the Indians change names or, you know, like their wife is going to leave them like up oh, the Indians change names. I'm out. Get the divorce lawyer in here like that. What are we talking about here? Like, you're still going to get up and go to work the next day. You're still going to be fine. Your life doesn't change. And it's OK to have the little bit of passion for it. But like, why don't we relax on that a little bit? 
Right. Well, the traditionalists will definitely come around eventually, especially the ones who have been Indians fans their entire life. I mean, some of, especially the boomer generation, I mean, you know, they, they grew up with the Browns and the Indians. So uh, uh, it's, it's, it's going to happen. I mean, yeah, it's going to take some getting used to, it's going to be really weird yeah. not hearing Hammy radio not hearing Hammy on the radio saying, you know, and after five, the Indians are up or the spiders are up or the naps are up four to one. It's going to be really weird. It's going to take some getting used to, but you know what? In the end, it's still going to be your baseball team. You're going to cheer for them. You're not going to go cheer for somebody else, especially if they're doing well. So in the end, yeah, it's going to bug you at first, but in the end you're, you'll come around and you'll still be a fan. So I, I definitely don't want to hear this. Oh, uh, it shouldn't be messed with. It shouldn't be messed with. Keep it as the Indians you're going to be fine. Well, and let's, let's, the other stuff that I'm hearing is just, well, if you do this, then what's next? The Cowboys got to change their name. No, a Cowboy is not like a race of people. A Cowboy is a job, you dickhead. Like, right. what are we talking about? Like the right. Indians are a race of people that are sorry to say like, and again, I'm not, it is what it is. Like it, it kind of has evolved over time to just being what it is. But like, let's talk originally Indians are called Indians because the idiots that first got over here, the the conquistadors the conquerors that first came over here thought they were in india yeah. <laughs> they thought they were in india so they named them the indians right like you were not in india uh frankly most of you never even arrived in america you were in like the bahamas and you called people indians because you thought you were somewhere else like i don't know it's always weirded me out like why are they called indians there are people from india called indians Columbus landed and it was like, ah, India. <laughs> I will take one chicken curry. Let's go. Here we are. Here we are. Where's the Taj Mahal? <laughs> Let's see it. Uh, so, yeah, I guess just no real straight, like no real strong feelings either way. Is it going to be like, like you said, it'll be weird. You know, like, like the, I love I love that thing above the scoreboard, the Indians and the script logo above, above the scoreboard that they light up at night. I think that's beautiful. I think that's a beautiful part of the stadium. It's going to be weird to not see that say Indians, but like, all right, let's do something cool then. Let's, you know, ultimately when people are like, we're going to have to rename other things, like, you know, is it so bad if we are, if we don't have things that are like race or even like involving race? Like, even if you think the Indians, the name Indians isn't, like, racist, okay. Like, I can understand that point of view. But, like, does a race of people need to be a, a sports team name? Like, yeah, maybe not. It doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't so have to be. We're going to get rid of some of that stuff. Okay. Like, whatever. So, I'm going to do a little history lesson, and then I want to go over some of the suggestions. But I, I, I'm passionate about this history lesson. Uh, real, because, quick, real quick before you do that, I wanted yeah. to send some, my yeah. buddy, my buddy mentioned this one because we were having, I'm on a, like a group text with my college buddies and we were talking about the, the name change and my buddy was wondering how far it goes because he thinks it'll go all the way down to the high school level where a lot of the, you know, like the Indian names will be, will be changed. Okay. I, uh, he, he was just curious where the line is. And, you know, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if those high schools changed their names, but at the same time, I also said, you know, I, I would think that would happen on a community level, especially with high schools not really getting like the national attention. Like, you know, you're not going to see Native Americans go protest outside a high school game because the name are Indians, right? Or, right. Where, right. Where's the line? Where's the line? But maybe there isn't a line. Maybe there doesn't. There doesn't always have to be a line. Like, okay, 
Like if some high schools are like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be the Indians. Let's be something else. Uh, okay. Like, uh, 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 let's not have crazy outrage about it. Like, it doesn't, I guess my thing is, if they change their name and a group of people feels better about them changing their name, okay. Okay. Like, yeah. It does, it does not, I'm, I, I'm a white dude from Cleveland. Like, it doesn't affect my life at all, at all. So, cool. All right. Change the name. It's fine. I'm still going to go down to games. I'm not going to not watch my favorite baseball team because they're not the Indians anymore. Right. Right. So, okay. So a little history lesson, cause I'm, 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 I am passionate about the history of this. Uh, and I think a lot of people are a little bit misguided as to what the history of the name Indians is and where this all came from. And also because like Chad said, the number one uh, kind of nickname in the clubhouse right now, the, the leader in the clubhouse right now seems to be the spiders. So let's talk about that a minute. First of all, common misconception number one, the Cleveland Indians franchise was never the Cleveland Spiders, ever. The Cleveland Spiders was a totally different franchise. They were a National League franchise. Uh, that was They were the Spiders for like 12 years in the late 1800s. And in 1899, they had the worst year in Major League Baseball history. 20 and 134 was the record, which is still the record for worst uh, season in Major League history. And after that season, they folded. So they just straight folded. That franchise never existed again. They didn't move anywhere. They didn't go anywhere. They folded, and the Spiders franchise ended. The Indians franchise, the Indians renamed the Indians back in 1915. Uh, and before that, they were a slew of names. They were the Bluebirds. They were the Naps. They were the Broncos. It's um, uh, a Nap. Well, okay, that's great. That's a great story, yeah. actually, because that's one of the one of the that's the number two favorite in Vegas right now is the Naps. Nap LaJoy. So, uh, like so the two o'clock on a Sunday watching golf on TV. My all-time favorite. And I'm down with that. But uh they were named after one of the all-time greatest baseball players, uh second baseman that played for them called his name was Napoleon Lajoy. So Napoleon Lajoie was like a, a Cleveland icon. People loved him here. He was, he was enormous. He was uh, one of the best players, literally one of the best players to ever play the game. And so to honor Napoleon Lajoie, they named the team the Cleveland Naps. Huh. So that's where that comes from. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Hall of Famer, like literally all-time great. guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, talk, we'll talk about this in a minute, but, I can't, but that's the only name I would accept, the Cleveland Naps. That's the only right, like. Hold on, hold on, because we might have other good ones. We might have good ones. I got a good one. There isn't. But you okay. Just wait, you wait a minute. Yeah, I know there's one that you like. I know there's another one you like. We're gonna get Me? to it. No, Chad. No. Um. So again, when people talk about like, oh, they should go back to the spiders. Well, they never were the spiders, and it's okay. Like the spiders were actually a kind of successful franchise until they just bottomed out and folded. They won a championship. They won a. It wasn't called the World Series back then, but in 1895, they won a championship. And they had six Hall of Famers play for them in 12 years. So, like, they were a successful franchise. There is a story there. There is a history there, but it does not – they were never that team. So then the other misconception was that in 1914, really, um, the Indians were named the Indians in honor of Chief Louis Sakalexis, who – was the first Native American to ever play Major League Baseball. And while some of that is a little hazy, uh, the truth of it is, um, Louis Sock Alexis played for the Spiders 
for three years. Uh, so 1897, 98, and 99. In 1897, he was one of the best baseball players on the planet. In 98 and 99, he was never healthy. He didn't play very well. And, and he had some, not that I want to bring up any bad thing about him because he didn't, he, you know, I don't know anything about him personally, but he had some, uh, some substance issues, some substance abuse issues, and really turned the fan base kind of against him as he really could never stay healthy and never repeated what he did with the Indians in 97. He also uh, really loved hookers. Really loved hookers. Fair. Fair. But who didn't back then? <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's the thing is uh, it only got brought to his attention when he fell out of a brothel on the second story. That's when right. his substance issues came to life. Yes. But listen, it's not the point of bringing up like any faults about the guy or whatever. It's just there's this thing that's like, oh, they were named the Indians in honor of Louis Sokolexis. I believed that for a long time until I researched it. And until I read Terry Pluto, who, who wrote a great book about it. Um, and the fact of the matter is this. They were named the Indians in 1914, um, not by the fans. So they had a fan vote. And there were a lot of names. The Foresters were one of the names. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other names. I want to say the Commodores was one of the names. Like there were, um, there were other names that were involved, uh, but none of them ever published. No suggestions were ever the Indians. And then in 1914, the Boston Braves had the greatest. They were down like 12 and a half games real late in the season. They came back to win the pennant. And then they stunned the Philadelphia A's in the World Series, and they won the World Series. They had no chance to win the World Series, and they came back, won the pennant, and won the World Series. And because of, like, kind of how the Indians, well, at the time, the Naps were not succeeding, they wanted to kind of copy the Braves. So the initial thought was to name them the Cleveland Braves and just have two teams name the Braves. Uh, decided that was a bad idea, so instead of going with Braves, they went with Indians. And then about six months after the fact, a writer connected Louis Sokolexis to the Indians. And then they kind of used it as a marketing scheme after that. So like common misconception number two, the Indians were not named after Louis Sokolexis. It wasn't until after the fact that he was kind of brought into it. So again, that's just my, my, little, my little history lesson. People don't usually know how the name comes about, but there's this, when you're talking to people that really want to argue in favor of the Indians, they're like, they're honoring the first Native American. No, it was never even part of the discussion. The discussion was they thought they were going to copy the Braves and the Indians is the closest they could come to the Braves. Uh, and that's where they went. Uh, so, so anyways, that's my little history lesson. That's my, that's my Garage Bears podcast history lesson. And I feel like we should play a song from uh, uh, Schoolhouse Rock because of this. Uh, so now that brings us to where we are today. 105 years later, we're talking about renaming the team again. And Las Vegas has come out with odds. So we're going to go through. Here's what I want to do real quickly. I want to go through these names that Vegas has published. And then I want to go through some of the names that our, our listeners have suggested to us on social media. And, and let's see what we can come up with. So let's start with the favorite in the clubhouse. And let's just give a really quick uh, opinion on the Cleveland Spiders. How are we feeling about the Cleveland Spiders? Eh. <laughs> well, uh, like, like I said earlier, uh, I think this is getting spoken into existence. Uh, you know, every poll that you see online is, it's, it, like you said, it's the leader in the clubhouse. Every freaking sports talk 
uh, radio, it can't, it can't stop bringing it up, can't stop bringing up spiders because every call they get is saying they like spiders. And Vegas, it's the favorite in Vegas. And you know what they always say about gambling, Vegas knows. So I, I would not be shocked if spiders ends up being the name of this Cleveland baseball team. Listen, I'm not real upset about spiders, to be honest. Uh, I think some of the stuff, like some people out there are like, it's synonymous with losing because they have that 20 and 134 record. Dude, nobody knows that. Like nerds know that like me. Nerds like me know that. They're not synonymous with losing. Like you don't think like, oh, losing franchises, Cleveland Spiders. Stop that. Uh, I'm not mad about it. I think there can be some cool things that come of it. I think logos can be cool, but it's also probably not my favorite. I'm not, I'm not real excited about it either. Like, eh, okay, Cleveland Spiders. I guess I'd be all right with it, but eh. Next one down. We know this is Chad's favorite. Oh, say that. What's that, Chad? No, I said I, I've really seen some really cool logos for the spiders now. So, I mean, I, I could get on board with it. I would buy yeah. some merch for sure. Yeah, I think it could be kind of old school, but new school at the same time, like merging the two. It could be cool. I think it yeah. could be cool. It, it's not my favorite, but I think it could be cool. Uh, Chad's leader in the clubhouse, the Cleveland Naps. Uh, so the spiders is three to one. The Naps are four to one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the only... Only because it doesn't sound like a name of a player. You know, I, I don't know. It, it, it kind of sounds very cool to me, very vintage. You know, I think they could make some I, – I think they could really go in a lot of different directions with this particular name. Uh, outside of that, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll get to them. But, uh, yeah, I, I, Cleveland Naps I could get on board with. How are you feeling about the Naps, Joey? Um. Yeah, I I guess I get it. I don't know if like that would be the number one like person in Cleveland Indians history that I would like tribute the team after. Um, I think there's other ones in this list that I like more. I think it's here's the thing that I think it's cool though. Sometimes like around the ballpark, they have some pictures of like classic historic pictures of old Indians. Napoleon Lajoie's picture is like that classic picture. You've you've seen it a hundred times around the stadium of like an old dude wearing an Indian's uniform. Like it's very classic to me. And so I don't know why, like, obviously he was long gone well before I ever was born, but there's some kind of aura about Napoleon Lajoie and having a team named the Naps. Like there's something I think that's really cool about that. So I, I definitely favor Naps over Spiders. Next one down. Man, I flip flop hard on this one. The Cleveland Guardians. That's my favorite. Easy. Why? I mean, it's like the the Guardians of Traffic statue on the Hope Bridge. Like that's like, like such an iconic Cleveland specific thing, and like the logos would be sweet. It's a cool sounding name. People don't hate Guardians; they hate spiders. <laughs> like I don't know. And then Naps just sounds like I'm tired. It's, I guess, the most, like, millennial way to, like, view this. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, definitely the Guardians. That's that's it for me. No, that's, that, that's actually my favorite out of this list as well. Um, you know, and you pretty much said it. I don't really have anything to add to that, Joey. I mean, it's Cleveland history. It's been there forever. And I, I could totally see that happening. So the Guardians come in at 5-1. to one. I, I do like it. I think the reason I flip-flop on it is I very rarely have liked the uh, – the the fan art that's gone with it like i yeah. like i usually like the logo it's kind of like that guardian head and kind of like ghostly eyes which i think is really cool 
But then like, they'll do like uniforms and jerseys and stuff. And I'm like, oh shit, that looks all that, every bit of that looks terrible. And so I, I just flip flop on it, but I think Guardians is cool. I'd be, I'd be happy with Guardians. Now yeah. here's one, here's one that I think gets roundly rejected, soundly rejected, but there's such a good story behind it that it's like, oh, it's such a bummer. The Cleveland Buckeyes. Right. Now, why is that going to get rejected? Because everybody's going to, yeah, everybody's going to think it, it's associated with the Ohio State Buckeyes, but it's not. Right. Cleveland Negro League team was the was the Cleveland Buckeyes. That was the Negro League baseball team, and so like that hurts me deep because like I want that cool story, like the Cleveland Buckeyes in homage to the to the to the Negro League team, but like you can't name them Buckeyes, can you? I don't think you can't. I just think it's going to like, I don't know. I feel like it, it would be a disjustice if we named it the team name of another team name. Although that story is really cool. Especially the Buckeyes, like Ohio state. Buc- know, like yeah. that, that's the strongest. That's one of the strongest sports brands in the country is the Ohio state Buckeyes. Like how do you yeah. go to the Buckeyes? I think if it wasn't associated with the Ohio state Buckeyes, this would be my leader. Uh, you know, just because in an era where we are, rewriting history now yes i i think cleveland buckeyes would be one to go with but the fact that everybody's going to associate it with ohio state i think that's the only reason it just kind of gets ixnate for me right off the bat if it it was it if it it was its own brand if ohio state was like the ohio state shit faces you know like you said earlier like i would (laughs) i would be and, and and we were like, oh yeah, Cleveland Buckeyes. I, I would be totally down for it. But the fact that that is just going to get associated with Ohio State, I think that I, I don't think you can go with it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so another one that I love, and it kind of follows that same trace. But I, I can we can we make this work? What what can you do with this? Uh, so the Buckeyes come in at six to one, at seven to one in Vegas. The Cleveland Dobies, obviously named after Larry Doby, first African American player to play in the American League. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to call them like the Dobermans and then be the Dobies for short. And that's kind of cool. That could be but cool. I don't know. Is that, is that a thing that could be cool? Or are we just like, nah, on that. What's your logo going to be? What's the mascot? The dog. Like, like a Doberman. <laughs> I mean, what? Like yeah. I mean, slider. Okay. I like, I like the homage. Okay. But, Okay, well, that's the thing. If you're going to call them the Dobermans, you can't associate it with Larry Doby because you're just going to call them Dobies for short. Like, like it's like who, who, who are you know? Like, who are you? Are they dogs or are they in honor of Larry Doby? You know, like, I mean, right? So that's I think- fair. Yeah, I guess not everything, and that's a good point. Like, not, the homages are fun, and they're cool. Like, they're cool. It's a great, it's a cool idea, but like, not everything has to be an homage, right? Like, it doesn't always have to be an homage. So. Uh, next one at eight to one in Vegas. Uh, so still towards the top half of this list, the Cleveland wild things. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. You don't like it. Listen, listen, the only reason I think the only reason I don't like it is because it makes me think of the Washington wild things. Yes. And, and you know, <laughs> I, you know what, you know what I'm fine with? If you want to like, call rename lake county the wild things or if you want to rename like akron the wild things i think that would be awesome like oh, that and then just, go with the cleveland rubber ducks <laughs> yeah that just that just screams like wild things just screams perfect minor league like cleveland indians minor league ball club 
nickname to me. That's what that's what it makes me think of. It doesn't make me think like professional baseball team. Yeah, I'm I'm very 50-50 on the wild things. I think there's so much fun to be had with it, but at the same time, it's like it's it's a little it's a little lame. Yeah, right. All right. Right. It's well, a perfect minor you, league name. I'm outvoted on that one. You're outvoted. You Joe, why do you like it? I just I like the logo potential. Get some right. like Rick Vaughn glasses or something. Yeah, I was going to say, if you name them the wild things, opening day, you have to have Charlie Sheen come throw out the first pitch. You have to. They tried. Yeah. I don't know if you'll ever do it. All right, so next one up is, is a bit of an underdog for me. And I, I know why people don't like it up front, but I think there's something cool about it. At 9-1 to one comes the Cleveland Blue Sox. Nothing cool about it. No team needs to be named after an article of clothing, let alone a colored article of clothing. That's so dumb. Not to mention you have white socks and red socks. I mean, it's it's logos boring. The the, the it's just no no. There's nothing exciting about that at all. What nope. is missing though? What's missing? Like that's what I mean. Like we can talk about like weird forced patriotism, but like red, white, blue. Yeah, no. And it's classic. There's I, for me no. for me. I feel like there's something. It's one of my favorite names on the list. Uh, there's something classic about it. There's something clean about it. And yeah, there's something like weirdly patriotic about like having the Red Sox, the White Sox, the Blue Sox. I think that's, Oof. I think there's something very cool about it. And I, I don't know. I like it. That's probably my second favorite name on the entire list. I can appreciate it from a historical aspect, but I, I just think the marketing and the branding would be so boring. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't trust the Indians to do any kind of decent branding. <laughs> oh, no. How do we, no. how do we turn a block C into a blue sock? Where do you go? <laughs> right. right. Because it's, like it's like the same thing. I had a couple of people on my Facebook page lobby for the Cleveland Grays, too, and, and which is awesome, and I can appreciate it from a Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're going to get to it. Okay, I hate your face. <laughs> All right, my, my second to least favorite name on this list coming in at 10 to 1, the Cleveland Rocks. Nope. Shut nope. up. Shut up. Pass. Nope. Next. Pass. <laughs> can, can we just I, next I, that and never yeah. speak of it again i think that one's pretty self-explanatory goodbye uh, let's never speak of that again all right uh now we're getting into a little bit ridiculousness number nine at 15 to one the cleveland cuyahogas eh. Nah. Uh, eh. I, like uh, there's something kind of cool about that because it keeps the indians involved like that part of it the native american part of it but like cuyahoga means crooked river so you're the Cleveland Crooked Rivers? Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Meh. God, no. God. Another one of my least favorite names uh, coming in at 20 to 1 in Vegas, the Cleveland Crows. Cleveland, listen, don't call me Trevor Crows. Listen, you sons of bitches. The Baltimore Ravens, we are not going to be anything like them. And I know it's a different sport, and I know it's a different thing, but Crows and Ravens are like the same thing and you could kiss my ass with that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, as, uh, you know, same thing with the next one. No, thank oh, you. Oh, well, my least favorite name on the list. The Cleveland Rockers. Yeah. Okay, listen. Hello. Listen. Did you forget we have a WNBA team? Did you forget we had a WNBA team? And I wish we still had the WNBA team. I would go to those games. But, like... No, the Rockers is, can we stop with this? 
Can we stop with, I love that Cleveland celebrates or at least half-assedly celebrates its music history culture, but they don't do it right, first of all. Like Nashville does it right. Nashville is the home of country music and they just celebrate country music down there. Or Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. New Orleans, Louisiana, like the, the jazz capital of the world, like great, amazing music places. And they all do it right because you go down to Nashville on a non-quarantine weekend and every bar, they're playing some country music. It's a good time. You're having fun. Here in Cleveland, we like celebrate rock and roll, but we don't do anything about it. Yeah. Like we every should have, bar? We should have an entire street. Like Nashville has Broadway. We should have an entire street filled with bars with stages inside of them of people playing rock music all the time. Because yeah. that's Memphis has Beale Street with just blues music all the way down it. And here in Cleveland, we're like, we like rock and roll, but then you can't hear rock and roll literally anywhere in the city. You can hear rock and roll, but you just can't hear it in downtown Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you no. hear it in Lakewood. No. You hear no. it in Mentor. You hear it in Elyria. Can we be done with this? Can we, can we be done with like having to put a guitar on every logo we have? It's nonsense. Take it easy. Why don't you take it easy, Mike? You look like you're getting a little worked up. Listen, okay? that is a birthmark, sir. <laughs> okay? So I want you to leave me alone with that. Okay, uh, fair enough. Underrated at 25 to 1. I don't know why I like this one as much. I don't know why it makes any sense, but there's something kind of cool about it. The Cleveland Unions. No, nope, doesn't make any sense. No, you're right. No sense. Is that like a Civil War thing? Yeah, kind of. Why? Why are we? Why? Because we won. <laughs> I mean, people in Nashville are going to hate it, but like, oh, and I, I hope Nashville gets a team just so they can come down here and play in Nashville. But <laughs> yeah, 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 they're not going to want to go to Atlanta, Nashville. Mm-mm. Don't yeah. go to Texas, even though they weren't even part of the Confederacy. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? No, sure doesn't. The other one that I get why it's a thing. I think there's a kind of a cute little ring to it, but like, nah, the Cleveland Fellers. Nope. I don't nope. like the names after people. Like, it's kind of like, hey, feller. Like, kind of old school. Like, yeah, you're singing. Hey, fella, come on hey, over hey, here. Hey, hey. Come on over here, you see? But like... Bottom I, listen, of the ninth, fella, it's curtains for you, see? Listen, and <laughs> I, again, I don't want to smear. But like, much like you wouldn't name a team after Ty Cobb, Bob Feller, was, Bob Feller was a hero in a lot of ways, right? He served the country. He, he left the Indians to serve the country. He's a top one of the top pitchers of all time but there were also some things that you probably don't want to name your in this day and age probably name your team after the fellers so i'm gonna nix the fellers as well all right a lot of people have liked this one on social media this is the long shot according to vegas 40 to 1 the great lakers second favorite why maybe we get lebron i get it i get it lebron Maybe we yeah, get LeBron. LeBron. How's the Lakers? How about you join the Great Lakers? What up, Bron? How, how's life on the regular ass Lakers? Because we're the Great Lakers. Chad doesn't like it. <laughs> I, 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 don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't like all of these. I, that's that's where I'm having trouble. Like uh differentiating between all of these names is like okay is this a professional team name or is this a minor league team name like i i, I guess i don't really know the difference right, you, so know joe, I mean? you said it joe you said it's your second favorite why uh just for the funny aspect that we could 
maybe draw LeBron in to attribute <laughs> so bench coach or I kind of like the great Lakers. I don't hate fielder. it. I don't hate it. All right. So I want to get to, I want to get to some things I've seen on Twitter and I want to get to some of our listener recommendations. Cause I think some of them are great. Uh, let's start with this one. Cause this is the other one that kind of draws me, but there's no mascot to it. It, it, it kind of takes its, its, its cue from European soccer. It's the oh. Cleveland baseball club. Ooh, yeah. that's classy. I like that one. Oh, it Man, seems very I, professional. Yeah, it does. that is, that's got some class. I just feel like I should wear like a three piece suit to the games or something or like, I just got, I kind of got goosebumps thinking about the, like only because no other team has it. No, it's different than everybody else. It's the Cleveland baseball club. Yeah. I think there's something real cool about that. What's the nickname? What's Hammy calling? End of the end of the third inning. Scores two to one. Ooh, so like most, if you're like an English Premier League follower, like I, I am a, a gigantic fan of Newcastle United, which sucks because they always suck. They're middle of the road this you year. You did that to yourself. I did do that to myself. But they're the Magpies, but they're not the Newcastle Magpies. That's not how they're called. It's just like that's like their little cute nickname. They're the Magpies. That's how. You know, there's Tottenham. They're the Hotspurs, but they're not. They're not like the Tottenham Hotspurs. That's just their cute little nickname. So, what would be the cute little nickname of the Cleveland Baseball Club? You just Guardians. made me think. What's that? You just Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. I don't know, Chad. What do you think, Cleveland Baseball Club? I like it. There's a there's a real professional sense to it. Uh, you know, I don't think it'll happen, but if it did happen, I could definitely get on board with it because, like I said, it's it's very it's almost it's almost sophisticated. You know, yeah. we'd be the most sophisticated team in, in Major League Baseball. So I like it. Yeah, I, I think I could with that. I like it. The CBC. I like there's logos you can do it. I, there's something I really like about that. All right, so we've got some fan ideas. We got some fan ideas. I want like quick reactions on these. So uh, uh, our buddy online on Twitter at uh, Dwayne Limpert, the Cleveland Mammoths. Ooh. Mammoths. Okay. Uh, Only okay. if we can sign Pablo Sandoval. Because <laughs> he is a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I like that. I like right. that, though. That's cool. So we're feeling Mammoths is okay? Yeah. Yeah. Probably the one of the best. Uh, Best jobs, uh, like the most work I've seen put into a redesign, uh, at Cody Draws on Twitter, uh, designed the Cleveland Coyotes. Did you guys see that one? I did see that. I, I, I did see that. And, I, you know, I texted you about it earlier, and I, I kind of really like it. You know, it kind of reminded me of, I, I mean, I know, I don't know how big of a college football fan you guys are. But, um, yeah, just the Arkansas Red Wolves. Uh, you know, I think the Coyotes, it, it, it's, I think you could get a good balance uh, of people. I think the traditionalists would be on board because it's a Native American uh, animal. It, it's a spirit, Native American spirit animal. I think people would uh, really accept it. And not to mention, his design didn't really change anything from the old Indians' uniforms. You just had a different logo and a different name on the jersey. So I, I think you're kind of pleasing both sides with his design. So I, I kind of like it. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, that could be cool. I don't I don't necessarily feel strongly 
towards it over uh the other ones i've liked but uh yeah i don't i don't have an issue with that at all um so here's what i said about it online and this is how i feel i i think i think the concept is cool i think the logo's cool i think the name's cool i think you know there's uh there are uh I mean, coyotes are native to this area. It, it just, there's a lot of cool things about it. Um, two things I don't like. Um, I don't like uh, that coyotes are like a uh, kind of an invasive species. They're like a shoot to kill species. So I don't like that because they're kind of viewed as pests, like the same way you view like rodents. Uh, well, spider. No, well, I like spiders. They eat other uh, things. So that's cool. Um, but I also didn't like I, the only thing I didn't like, and I, it's not to discredit the work this guy put into it, but I didn't like, he basically took the Indians off the Jersey and just put coyotes in the same font. Like, nah, if we're going to do a redesign of this thing, let's do a redesign. If we're going to do yeah. a rebrand, let's do a rebrand. You're not just, let's just not have the same look and be the coyotes. Like we need to differentiate, but the name I like you brought up Arkansas state. Um, my, Second year at Texas A&M, and I was only there for two years, uh, Chad, because uh, I was just there for grad school. My second year at Texas A&M, Arkansas State walked into Kyle Field and beat Texas A&M. Uh, Go Red Wolves! It was the first year under Mike, Mike Sherman, uh, uh, Gerard Johnson, and um, and um, uh, what's this? Ryan Tannehill were the quarterbacks of A&M. They split time. And I remember standing in that stadium, like, what the f just happened? Like, we're losing, we're at Texas A&M, and we're losing to Arkansas State. So don't bring them up again. Uh, so uh, Nick Agents, Ragin' Agents on, on Twitter, uh, said the Cleveland Captains. He said, let's just pirate the shit out of this name from Lake County and be the Cleveland Captains. How are we feeling about that? No, no. Why? No, I, I no. Nope. No, I would rather Indian. I agree. Okay. Uh, let's see. Here's your boy on, on Facebook, uh, Joe Konopinski, the Cleveland Grays. Yeah. And, and this is what he, um, I, I haven't looked in, totally looked into the history of it yet, but it's named after one of a, a military unit here. Yes. In Cleveland. Back when and we were doing militias. I, yeah. And that's why I appreciate it from a historical aspect. You know, but when I'm thinking of a new name, I'm also I'm not only thinking of a cool name, but I'm also thinking of the marketing and branding of that name. And I just think that would be so boring. I, I yeah. really do. I wonder how you could make the Grays come out cool, though. Like, I bet you could make it come out cool. Like, I really like the sound of the Cleveland Grays. Yeah, no, I, I think the sound of it is cool. I, I, yeah, I just don't think the marketing would work out. You know, okay. I, I, I think what the Indians could do, and I think it could... <laughs> cause a huge boom in their merchandise is is really just listen to the fans because if you go by the popular vote you're gonna make a ton of merch okay friend of the show my cousin mary alice hoppy comes through with the cleveland baseball browns <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> okay oh, well hopefully that isn't better <laughs> luck than the browns do <laughs> oh shit people, i read that i said we were going to share some of our favorites I read that one and I about pissed my pants. The Cleveland <laughs> baseball Browns. People want to talk about uh, losing. <laughs> the Browns have been four and 44. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right. yeah. 
My uh, another friend Chris. of the show, Chris Ross, the Cleveland Construction Barrels. No, mm. there's a lot of logos you can do with yeah. that. I think that can look cool. Yeah, a lot of logos you can have. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know the the many things you could do on that scoreboard show with uh, bulldozers and cranes and. Yeah. Oh my god, I like it. A uh, really good dude, coworker of mine, Jeff Breyer, comes through with the Cleveland bedbugs, and I don't get it. Are we known for bed bugs? I don't think so, but uh, I guess I mean, nobody wants bed bugs. So, uh, like, the bed bugs are coming to town. Like, and we, run. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I don't like uh, that one. Uh, and then my favorite one, and Chad, I know this is a favorite of yours. Uh, this was not shared directly to us, so we're just kind of stealing this. But uh, I don't know how to say his Twitter name. It's DG, but it's at Gauze underscore is his name. A lot of Cleveland people follow him. The Cleveland motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get Samuel L. Jackson to throw out the first pitch or to be the, like, the logo? God. Cleveland motherfuckers. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Fans now taking the field. Your Cleveland motherfuckers. You imagine Hammy, you can book this one to the motherfuckers. Like, that's you know, that's like a Michael Red guy thing or Ray whatever. Guy, but like idiot. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, I don't know that I could see I don't know that I could see just notorious nice guy Jim Rosenhaus being like, and now for the motherfuckers. The motherfuckers have taken a full run lead here in the top of the ninth inning. Could you imagine other teams announcers like those motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah. That's who we are. That's who we are. I love that one. I wish it could be a thing. Uh, three last ones. I love the concept of this. I really do. This is one of my favorites. I hated the uniform artwork. I thought it was atrocious. But the buzzards. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yep. I've seen a logo of that one, and and and. Yeah, that's a dark horse for me. I kind of like that a lot. Listen, that is Cleveland. That is, that's like, if you want to incorporate rock and roll and rock into the Indians logo, you don't call them the Cleveland Rocks. You don't call them the Rockers. That's freaking stupid. You call them the Buzzards. Because in Cleveland, the Buzzard is synonymous with rock and roll. Uh, the Buzzard, you know, obviously, if you're listening, you have to know what the Buzzard is. If you don't, the Buzzard was... Uh, the rock and roll station in Cleveland for the longest time. I don't know why they decided to take the buzzard away. They eventually did. Uh, but uh, the buzzard was synonymous with, with, with alternative rock and classic rock and hard rock. And you could get all that on the buzzard radio station. There's already a logo there of a buzzard with like a blonde mullet. Uh, and, and I love it. I, I, I think it, it changed the uniforms around a little bit, but I love the Cleveland buzzards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't have. I I don't think you make it look cool. Okay, not for a professional team. Now, if you want to do a throwback, one of the throwbacks that I loved was the Foresters. <laughs> Come no, on, it's what? Forest City. There's something cool about that. It's it's like the Portland Timber. That's really cool out there. The Cleveland Foresters, I think, is cool. All right, I'm getting I'm getting effed over on that one. And then the last one. We we rejected the captains, but what about the Commodores? Like like, like as far as the Motown group? No, you've got like you've got the Columbus Clippers, and they're all about like their logo is a sailboat. You've got the Lake County Captains; those are both affiliates of the Cleveland baseball organization. What about the Commodores? I mean, it yeah. could work. It could work. I I, 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 don't, 
It's not my favorite, but it could work. I'm not I like a it a lot, and I think it's stupid. Somebody's like, "Oh, they're gonna call them the commies." Shut up. Oh yeah, that could be. Well, yeah. But Shut you up. Got, you, you got those people. Oh, whatever. Then call people. them the commies. That's a conservative. Got, got one more. One more. The Cleveland midges. Midges. I don't know. Jabba Chamberlain. Cool. But uh, yeah, I Dude, think that'd be I, a cool one. They're ferocious. They yeah. will. They will eat your sweat. Yeah, they're pests. All right, but... so real quick, go around the horn. Go around the horn. Pick the one that you think it's going to be. Chad. Uh, th- that I think or that I want it to be? Both. Oh, man. I, I think it's going to be spiders. I want it to be guardians. Okay. Joey. Guardians. Both. What you think and what you want. Yeah. All right. I think I want it to be the Cleveland Baseball Club. I think that's the one I like the most. I think it's going to be the spiders. But there's a lot of these that I wouldn't be real upset about. So, listen, ultimately, uh, again, I think Cleveland fans, I think we should all have a, a little bit of a unique perspective. As long as our team is in town, shut up and, and, and let's be fans of our team, whatever their name is. We have experienced losing our teams before. We've experienced losing, like we lost the Browns. You want to do that with the Indians? No. So they might not be the Indians anymore, but let's be fans of our baseball team. Uh, we don't have to like everything they do. You may not even like the fact that they're getting rid of the name, but at least we've got a team here in Cleveland and, and we need to support that. Sticking with the tribe for a minute. Uh, we got spring training going on uh, summer training. We got summer training, spring training. Summer training. It's happening in Cleveland. We got some crazy things going on in spring training. I don't know if you guys saw the Giancarlo Stanton in, in New York, the line drive off of uh, Tanaka's oh, yeah. head. Oh, that, that was brutal. Did you guys see the video of that? That was crazy. Oh, oh. Turns out he's okay. Thank God. We are just a couple of weeks from opening day. The Indians opened with the Royals. The schedule came out. It's, it's a weird schedule, man. Just seeing all the National League Central teams, all the AL Central teams, and nobody else. Uh, but uh, I like the schedule for the Indians opening at home uh, versus the Royals. Not that there's a home field advantage anymore because nobody's going to be there. Um, but I also like they've got a lot of games at home towards the end of the season, which is nice. They finished with Pittsburgh. Um, uh, so we're going to see what happens. Let's move on from the Indians a little bit. We've, we've, had, we've had a good uh, well, Cleveland baseball team talk. Uh, let's get into the NFL because uh, we witnessed – just a, a day ago, we witnessed the announcement. Well, now, if you're listening to this, it's been a few days. But uh, we witnessed the announcement of the largest contract in sports history. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs locked up Patrick Mahomes for 10 years. And the potential for the amount of the contract is over $500 million over the course of that 10 years. So, again, biggest contract in sports history. There's a... There's a guy, he's in his just, uh, what, second year, third year, whatever it is, going third. into his third year. Yeah. He just won the Super Bowl. He is, he has proven over the course of those couple of years that he is one of the best, uh, what's he going into his fourth year, maybe? One of the he best. He sat uh, a year, didn't he? Uh, he sat behind Alex Smith for and most of a year and then fourth. came in at the end. Yeah. Uh, he's proven to be one of the most dynamic playmakers uh, already, maybe in the history of the NFL and the Kansas city chief said, yeah, we're not playing around. Here's 10 years. Here's $500 million. Let's do this. Um, guys, what was your reaction when you heard the news of that deal? Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. 
can't help to be but like a little jealous of Kansas City. Like that is like a dream scenario if you're a fan of that franchise. Yeah. That is like your guy. He's proven. He won a Super Bowl, won an MVP. And now you got him for 10 years. He's not even in his prime yet. He's not even in his prime. Or not even close. It's going to be his third full season this next season as a yeah. starter. Yeah. And you know, what's funny that the, the brunt of that contract, there's only 63 million of that contract guaranteed, you know, the, 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 the brunt of that other money is going to be paid in roster bonuses. So <laughs> from a cap hit, it leaves Kansas city open wide open to add all sorts of other talent. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's just a brilliant contract move by Kansas City. I mean, this is a kid that's already rewriting record books, rewriting history books as far as from the court, from how the quarterback position is is being played. So, yeah, I mean, we 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 always thought quarterbacks were, uh, you know, the the general consensus is this quarterbacks were already underpaid as it is, but this is just obviously setting the bar now for for other franchise quarterbacks like Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson are looking at this and going Dak Prescott needs to shut the hell up I agree I totally agree I totally agree Dak Prescott keeps going to Dallas like I'm like that I'm like that I'm like that guy pay me like that guy Deshaun Watson is closer to that than Dak Prescott is oh my but but yeah listen it's it's um I know you said you saw 63 million guaranteed. I saw that if he got hurt tomorrow, he'd get paid $130 million. Yeah. If he got hurt, yeah. 141 million. But as long as he stays healthy, the majority of like the, the, the brunt of all of that money is, is paid in roster bonuses. Like, so I love this. I love this. Andrew Brandt, who is now a football writer, but he worked for the Packers. Like he was part of the, he was part of the team that like signed Brett Favre to the lifetime deal. If you'll remember that. So he's a generally a smart guy, generally a guy I like to listen to, a guy I like to read. But, and I get where he's coming from, but I think like it's so weird to hear somebody say this. Uh, he wrote an article in Sports Illustrated today that said Patrick Mahomes is absolutely stupid for signing this deal. Uh, he argues that it gives the Chiefs control for 10 years. So uh, Patrick Mahomes has lost control of his career for the next years. And, uh, and he says that contracts are bound to continue to rise, so he's costing himself money. Listen, dude, th- there's points in there that might be right. Like, that might be right. Contracts are probably going to continue to go up. And in seven years, you might be able to uh, get yourself a, a better contract. Dude, my man, Patrick Mahomes signed a contract for a half a billion dollars. Half a billion dollars. We've talked about FU money on this podcast before. We've talked about FU money. Patrick Mahomes just signed a contract for FU money yep. is what he just did. Money. Yeah. He just signed a contract for money that is going to make his kids money and his kids, kids money and his kids, kids, kids money and his kids, kids, kids money. Like, so t- to be as, as like, to be as narrow minded with the contract to say, oh, in seven years, you might get more per year. Maybe. But in two years, I could bust my leg and never play again. Yep. So I, I got right now. I've got a contract that says if I can stay healthy and play, I'm going to make five hundred plus million dollars over my next ten years. Shut up. Where do well, I sign? Well, here's the thing: 
even if he's not the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs in the next 10 years, all he has to do is make the team and he gets the majority of that money in the roster bonus. He also has right. a no he also has a no trade clause in that contract. Like his base salary isn't that much over the next few years. But my God, 2021, if he makes the team, he gets 21 million. His base salary is 990,000. Uh, 2022, if he makes the team, he gets $27.4 million. His base salary, $1.5 million. 2023, he gets $34.4 million if he makes the team. $5.5 million is his salary. Like, you just have to make the team, and you're set for life. Uh, yeah, okay, control me for the next decade. Yeah, you're yeah. paying me <laughs> Control me. me Who's controlling who? You're paying me bank. I'm in. <laughs> I just love this philosophy though. Like I get it. I get it. Yeah. In 10 years, contracts are probably going to look way different than they do now, but whatever you're telling me I can sign this contract for $500 million. Yeah. yeah. You understand we're talking about a half a billion dollars. Right. right. What are we doing here? What, what is Andrew Brandt talking about? Like my man, I think you're smart. And I get it. I like, I get the points of what you're trying to say, but no, like what you also have to understand is like most players in the NFL are not coming from just wealth. Most players in the NFL are coming from nothing. I don't even know what Patrick Mahomes comes from. He, he could be middle-class, lower class, upper class, lower middle-class, whatever. I don't care. Most players that are playing in the NFL are coming from very difficult situations $500 million changes the life of everybody I know. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. So uh-huh. like, yeah, I, listen, it's a weird, it's one of those weird deals though. I think, I think it is a good deal for Kansas city. Like, listen, man, this guy, we think this guy's our, our, our franchise quarterback. He just led us to a super bowl and we think he's going to lead us to more. And he's proven to us over the last couple of years that he's insanely talented. So Cool. If we can lock him up for this, sweet. For Patrick Mahomes, he gets a half a billion dollars. This is a good deal for everybody. It it really is because with the way they structured this deal, you still have plenty uh, of cap room. You're not paying your base salary for Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't get into the double digits until 2027. You still have plenty of room to add talent if you need it. Uh, uh, So I, I, yeah, it's, it's it's a good deal for both sides. I don't get it. Listen, what you hope as a Browns fan, what you hope as a Browns fan is that Baker Mayfield comes out this year and plays in a way that the Browns give him a 10-year, half-a-million-dollar contract. Or, sorry, half-a-billion-dollar contract. No, you're right, half-a-million. <laughs> yeah, no, if he does that, then we, he's, we, got, we got to go. But the, your hope as a fan of a team is that your quarterback comes out and plays in a way that makes you want to give him a half-billion dollars. Right. Sweet, let's do it. So is is that the bar now though? Like 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 okay like like so Baker Mayfield comes out and goes ten and six this year. No, you you have you have to resign him to to a contract. Is is I don't know. I no, mean, if, da- if Dak Prescott thinks he's ever like I, I don't know about Baker Mayfield, but Dak Prescott's the guy out there that thinks he's just worth way more than what he is worth. Yeah, and and, and I kind of like Dak Prescott, but like, dude, you are not. Patrick Mahomes you are not you're not even in the ballpark of Patrick Mahomes you're not even close to Patrick Mahomes Dak Prescott if I had to rank quarterbacks you're probably somewhere between 11 and 15 right that's where you sit right 
if you think you're getting that money, you're going to be like Cam Newton. You're just going to be sitting on the sideline signing a one-year deal somewhere. Right. You're going to be like Jameis Winston signing a backup deal. Right. Having to prove yourself. Let's not be stupid. Baker Mayfield, like, uh, listen, dude, if you come out and win the Super Bowl with the Browns this year and you, you have crazy numbers, sweet. Let's give you half a billion dollars. Otherwise, uh, no, let's not set Patrick Mahomes as the bar, dude. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now, and you got to prove you're better. Uh, speaking of contracts and contract restructuring, the Browns did a little contract restructuring. Uh, and I want to hear your guys' impression of this because it involves something we've talked about a little bit. Uh, the Browns restructured Olivier Vernon. Uh and what it's going to do is it's probably going to wind up saving the Browns close to $5 million this year. Um, it means Olivier Vernon's going to be in Cleveland unless they find a trade ship for him. Uh, but most likely Olivier Vernon's going to be in Cleveland, but the, the Browns save about 5 million bucks in cap space this year. Yes. I've seen people very divided on this. We have talked about this a little bit. Um, we've talked a lot about uh, Jadeveon Clowney coming to the Browns. So I've seen it very split. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter go, oh, that's the end of the Jadeveon Clowney talk because they just restructured Vernon. He's going to be here this year. But I've also seen a lot of people say, hey, the Browns just freed up five extra million dollars of cap space this year. That's good news if you want to sign a guy like Jadeveon Clowney. How are you feeling? Um, I think that it goes in favor of of signing Jadavion Clowney. Um, you know, they, because they guaranteed Vernon's salary this year after they restructured it. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it's in favor of it because they seem hell bent on making Clowney the best offer that they possibly can. I mean, still to this day, the Raiders just offered Clowney a, a contract, but. Money, money talks in this league, and you know if you're Jadavion Clowney, the Browns could offer you a one-year, twenty million dollar deal now, and I, I don't know, you're taking it. Why? I don't know. Why not? Why not? I, I, I don't, I don't know what's the holdup. I don't know why he is uh, lacking. I mean, I just got an alert saying he might be back in Seattle now, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's the thing is, it's, it's so unpredictable right now. But I still see. I think it's in favor of signing Jadavion Clowney. If you're Jadavion Clowney, you're just sitting here doing nothing, and you're getting teams to move mountains potentially to sign you. Yeah, like I would just keep sitting back, let it come. Like I would just, I don't know, what's the rush? There's not Listen. even like a for sure season yet. Just let the let the offers come in. Wait till whatever number you have set gets hit. And take that offer. And I, and I also want to say this about Olivier Vernon. I've, 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 I've kind of found myself consistently sticking up for the guy because I watched him ad nauseum last year. And until he started running into the health issues, I think he was having a really great year, but the stats were not matching. So I found a great stat. When he was healthy and on the field last year, Olivier Vernon had the second best pass rush rating of his career, 13.2%. He was getting to the quarterback and rushing the quarterback and making him force throws or whatever, even though he wasn't getting the sack numbers, 13.2% of his, of his rush attempts. Yeah. Like to compare that miles Garrett, who was just killing it last year, 
and he was putting up those sack numbers was at 15%. So we're talking about like a very minuscule difference. And frankly, a lot of that is probably like, it's probably due to like Miles Garrett got there first, <laughs> you know, like when they were playing together, Miles might've got there first. Cause there were a lot of those where Miles got him, but Olivier Vernon was standing right there. So yeah, like, his numbers, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> No, I was going to say Vernon's numbers are probably better if Miles is in is in for those last six games of the season, uh, right? Because of his uh, pass rushing numbers. So, yeah, like my initial reaction when I saw it was like, ah, oh, there goes Javian Clowney. But now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, again, in a, in an uncertain season, what do the Browns have to lose? Go go give go give Javian Clowney twenty million for one year. Who gives a shit? Right. Bring him in and, and let. Let Davian Clowney and Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon rush the quarterback at the same time. I, I think you'd see it. I think I think Olivier Vernon is a guy that can rush on the inside as well as the outside from just watching him play a little bit. Like, put all three of them out there at once, and good luck to the quarterback. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, the other thing for me is like Olivier Vernon has had some uh, some injury issues. So like, why would you not? You've got the depth. You've got the cap space. Why would you not bring in a guy like Jadavion Clowney? Because if Olivier Vernon gets hurt or if Miles Garrett gets hurt, cool. You've still got the other two ready to go, right? Yeah, you have depth there now. You have depth there now if you sign him. So why not? I agree. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about a little golf. Let's talk about oh, my le- golf. Let's talk about my least favorite golfer on the planet. And some bullshit that he decided to do, even though he won the freaking tournament uh, this week. Let's talk about Bryson DeChambeau, who is like the world's largest baby out on the freaking golf course. The dude drives the ball. I think he had a drive in in this, the Rocket Mortgage, uh, I always forget what it's called, but this tournament they had last weekend, I think he had a drive that traveled 342 yards in the air. Yeah. Wound up being like 375. Ooh. Like the dude's great. He won the tournament. He he won the tournament. He he like the good the dude's tra- crazy talented. He's won a couple tournaments so far this year. Um but he's such a bitch out on the <laughs> golf course. Yeah. Like every time listen dude, every time he hits a ball that like just goes into the rough. He pouts his way and he like throws his club at his, at his caddy or he like throws it down and makes his caddy pick it up. And like, he hits a duff out of the, out of the sand. And he just, you can hear his, him crying his little bitch tears uh, because he didn't hit a great shot out of the sand and he kicks some sand around like, dude. And so, so here's the story. Cause well, obviously before we get, be- just to tell like what kind of guy he is. He's the kind of guy that has a putter, right? You know, like a normal putter that you mm-hmm. just kind of hold in your hands and you, you swing it. Well, he's got about like like 14 inches of extra <laughs> shaft on his putter that just freaking nothing. It just goes up. I don't, it doesn't even touch. Yeah, that's the, the kind of guy you are. Yeah. That's the kind of guy just, you are. You're the 14 to, extra inches guy. Yeah, he just likes to choke on his shaft a little bit. <laughs> and he drives a Ford. And he drives a Ford F seventy five thousand to compensate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so listen. 
uh, here's what happened. We got a soundbite from Mr. DeChambeau, uh, who is just the fakest big dude. He wears like the, he wears medium t-shirts, medium polos, and his little stupid hat out on the golf course. And so he hits a bad shot this weekend out of the bunker. And the cameraman, and remember, Bryson DeChambeau is about to win this freaking tournament. So obviously the camera people are, he's towards the top of the leaderboard the whole time. Obviously the camera people are watching him and every, he's just moping around the course. The commentators have been talking about him moping the whole tournament. Uh, If you watched it, you heard him talk about it. So he hits a bad shot out of a bunker and he mopes around and he like, he like slaps a little sand with his club and he's whining and complaining well, the cameraman is following him, you know, doing the job that he gets paid to do. And DeChambeau walking off the co- off the green after he finishes this hole just berates this cameraman. Just like gets in his face and is like, "Why do you why are you why are you following me with your camera after I hit a bad shot?" He t- he's like, "You're ruining my brand." I have a brand and you're ruining it. You don't need to be following me after the shot. So after he wins the tournament, he gets asked about it in a press conference. And before this he is wins his, the tournament. Oh, it was before. I'm sorry. It was the is, day before. Yeah, this is on uh, day three. It was the day before. before. Before the day where he comes back and wins the tournament. Sorry. He, this is, he gets asked about his, his uh, berating of the cameraman on the green. And this is his reaction. Can you explain what happened on seven green? Okay, yeah. So there was something that happened. I mean, nothing crazy, but I had a cameraman that was filming me after um, I had a bad bunker shot and whipped the sand a little bit, which shouldn't have done. That was dumb. But at the end of the day, you know, he he was literally watching me the whole entire way up. You know, after getting out of the bunker, walking up next to the green, and I just was like, "Sir, what is the need to to watch me that long?" I mean, I understand that, but it, it's his job to you know video me but at the same point i think we need to start protecting our players out here compared to showing you know a potential vulnerability and and hurting someone's image i just don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do not like i was going to do anything bad it's just it's one of those things that i hope he respects you know my privacy as much as we're out here performing i think it's necessary that uh, we have our times of privacy as well when things aren't going our our way i mean you know we're in the spotlight and uh, if somebody else is in the spotlight they, they wouldn't want that either you know it's just something about respect i think that's it's necessary on that end, um, you know. So for me, I feel like it's one of those things that uh, you know. We had a conversation; it was all good after that. Can you explain what you mean by protecting the players? Oh well, you know. Look, uh, I feel like when you're videoing someone and and you know you catch Tiger at a bad time, you show him accidentally doing something or someone else, or you know they're just frustrated because they really care about the game. Um, it can really hurt them if they catch you at a potentially vulnerable time. Where I'm not necessarily, we're not, we don't mean anything by it. We just care a lot about the game, and for that to damage our brand, like that's just that's not cool in the way we way we act. Because if you actually meet me in person, you know, I'm not too bad of a dude. I don't think. Um, yes, you are. You're a terrible person. You my suck. God. I hate that he won. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Oh my, that just like is oh, the. You don't the, need to damage the, my brand. The my mayonnaise brand. icing on the cake is like, oh, oh, so sour. 
Uh, Chad, why don't you go ahead and start that? Because he looked pretty human. Wait, no, no, Chad. Hold on. Chad's got like the piece de resistance. So I want to get mine in and then Chad's just going to get it. Your image, you bitch. Like you're acting like the cameraman is filming you inside of your house. Like while you're taking a dump. Like that is not what's happening. You are out on a golf course. Everybody can see you. If it wasn't for the pandemic, there'd be thousands of people standing there watching you. What are you talking about? And here's the thing. It's okay. Like it's okay to be frustrated by a bad shot when you're in, in, in close to being the lead for a tournament. We've watched Phil Mickelson get frustrated. We've watched Tiger get frustrated. You've watched beloved people like Payne Stewart. You've watched these guys get frustrated. That's okay. But to stand there and be like, why are you watching me? Why are you filming me after my shot? Why are you doing that? Dude, it's what I get paid to do, you idiot. Take your, take your little 14-year-old pants and walk to the next hole and maybe don't hit a bad shot next time. Like, why? I wouldn't be filming you reacting like a petulant child if you weren't hitting bad shots. So maybe don't hit a bad shot. I don't know. That's mine. Go, Chad. Chad, take it. From the time... You walk out onto that course. From the time you walk on to the practice tees, to the first tee, to the 18th green, you are on camera. You are on camera. <laughs> Just like a basketball player. Like for, folks, for those of you folks that don't know, this is kind of what I do for a living. Anyway, you are on camera. Okay, cameras are going to be on you, whether it was that guy or whether it was another camera from a different angle. You are, as a professional athlete, you are on camera when you are on whatever playing field you are on. You want to talk about privacy? You stay your ass in the clubhouse, bitch. Otherwise, (laughs) you stay your ass in the clubhouse, bitch. Otherwise, when you get on your prospective playing field, you are on camera all the time. So your emotions don't matter because the camera's going to be on you. You want to, you, you, if you don't want your emotions being put on camera, keep your emotions in check and, or leave them in the clubhouse. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I listen, think we all know listen, that, listen. that Tiger Woods' defamation you- did not occur from him getting enraged at a golf course. No, we saw Tiger do it a million times. Did he ever bitch about being on camera? No. Because no, it's part of the gig. Could you imagine Bryson, Bryson, God, Bryson, <laughs> Bryson, walk up to a camera with 5,000 fans on the 18th hole looking at him? No, no. Listen, no. listen, I, I can just see the networks being like, all right, we've got the golf tournament this weekend. We cannot show Bryson DeChambeau being a little baby bitch boy. And then you'll never see Bryson DeChambeau on the whole tournament. They just, no cameras around Bryson. Because <laughs> all he they're... does is whine and bitch about the whole course. Every time he hits a bad shot, which is every once in a while. And listen, the guy's a great golfer. That, this, that's the other thing that pisses me off. You are a great golfer. You are, like Bryson DeChambeau is on path to have one of those like Jordan Spieth years. Where like he's winning everything. And, and, and he's just making himself in you got to protect my brand. What brand? What brand are you talking about? 
Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see the Bryson DeChambeau shirts at the local Kmart. You idiot. What are you talking about? You're not Tiger. You're not Tiger Woods. You're not transcending golf at all. You fucking moron. <laughs> okay. You're not transcending golf. You're just the next guy. You're just a guy. You're not even, you're not even, you're not, you, yeah, you're winning a couple of tournaments, but you're just a guy right now. And to the he is saying that, Comparing himself to Tiger Woods. <laughs> Listen, and to, per, to parade a cameraman. Like, this is a cameraman. He's oh, just dude. getting paid to be out there shooting some shots for the network. He's probably having a great time just because he's out there on the green, having a good time shooting for the net. Like, this is a dude doing his job. Shut sir, up. He's sir, he's... sir, sir, sir. Okay, all right. I would appreciate it if you only followed me on my good shots. Okay? You can't follow me on my bad shots because I get a little emotional and I have sand in my <laughs> Okay? I'm sorry. Probably... When I'm on my bad shots and I don't want to be put on camera because my brand. I just want to look like a tough guy. <laughs> my brand. Like, like, poor Cameron is probably sitting there like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. this game no fans are yelling at me it's gonna be nice and quiet and you're with bryson dechambeau coming up out of the bunker duffing a yeah. shot <laughs> hey. after he biffs a shot yeah. shooter mcgavern has a better brand than bryson dechambeau does yeah. yo and i don't i don't know i like listen it's okay to be passionate like it's okay like when you hit a bad shot it's okay to be like shit i hit a bad shot i do it uh, when I play 18 holes of golf, I do it 16 out of the 18 holes. I'm like, oh, shit, that is not going the direction I wanted it to go. But, like, it's okay to be passionate about what you do. We've, Like I said, we've seen it with golfers 100,000 times. But, like, for you to step up in the face of just a dude working the tournament and tell him he's ruining your brand, you are such a punk about that. I hope he never wins another tournament. No, he never wins anything else ever again. I have his girlfriend breaks up with him and his, <laughs> he, he gets fat and can't wear his pants anymore. And then it goes straight to the trigger words of we need to protect our players. Oh, bro. You're Dude, if I was uh, another player, if I was like, yeah. if I was like Rory McElroy or like Phil Mickelson, I would pull his ass aside in that clubhouse so fast and be like, take your stupid little wiener hat off and, and <laughs> shut up you don't speak for me and you don't speak for the rest of us this dude is the most i feel like i'm gonna throw i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my hot take of the day i think oh, de shambo right now is the most unlikable person in all of sports in Ooh. all of them wow bryson de shambo can kiss my ass not he can kiss all of it, every bit of my ass. More than James Harrison. Oh, James Harrison, come give me a concussion. I don't give a shit. Bryson DeChambeau? No. Right. No. Listen, that's a fair statement because no sports are happening right now, especially. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely the most unlikable person in sports right my now. My two most unlikable person in sports right now. Bryson DeChambeau one, Donald Trump two. Let's go. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Ah. All right. So let's pick it up. Let's have a little fun to end the podcast here. Uh, we've got a long podcast, but it's okay. We're having a good time. 
so the guys and I wanted to do a little pick-me-up after we bitched about Bryson DeChambeau for a minute. Uh, hey, Bryson, if you want to come on the podcast to talk about it, you won't because you're too scared. Uh, let's talk about some fun stuff. Here's, here's what I threw out to these guys earlier today. Uh, we wanted to finish on a fun note. So what we're going to do is uh, we did it uh, way back early in the podcast when the ESPN was broadcasting game seven of the NBA finals. And we, we kind of talked about where we were when the Cavs won the championship. We got a lot of great feedback on that. So now what we want to do, and then we want to invite you, the listener, to chime in. Get on our social media and tell us your stories of this. We're going to share a few. Uh, each of us are going to share a, a few of our stories of the greatest sporting events we've ever been to. Literally, the things that stand out that we remember, the greatest sporting events we have ever been to in our lives, where we were, where it was, what happened. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So Chad, you look like you're ready to kind of lead us off on this adventure. No, 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 no. You guys go, you guys go. I want you oh, guys go. Chad, Chad, you don't look like you're at all ready to lead us off on this adventure. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start with Joey down in Nashville. Tell us about, and again, everybody's going to get two, three chances to tell us about some, some, some of the best sporting events we've ever been to joey start with one all right we're gonna do kick it off with nine cleveland sorry no that's but okay first oh, okay oh no chad's chad's upset yeah so this is first of all before we get into the specific game and this is this is gonna sound real tough on a cleveland sports podcast but the best sporting experience ever is a nashville predators game like if you come to nashville and you visit, shut up, Michael. You come to visit, go to a Preds game, regular season, preseason, Stanley Cup, doesn't matter. Even though they didn't win the Stanley Cup, no one cares, whatever. You weren't at that game. Uh, they have one of the, just the best environments I've ever been in, aside from playoff uh, baseball and basketball. This is very, per uh, I'm going to shout this out to all of our fans and listeners. This is a personal thing. Joey... <laughs> thinks the predators have like the greatest atmosphere but like he's naive anyways <laughs> so what a dick 2017 uh stanley cup playoffs predators come in as a wild card team and the juggernaut blackhawks the president trophy winners the winners of three stanley cups in the past six seven years uh play each other in the first round don't show me that picture we'll put there's a picture we'll have to post later what is that what is that when the predators were playing the penguins in the uh stanley cup finals in 2017 yeah it's not, uh, it's nbc not sports nbc showed the predators watch party <laughs> And there's four people out there. It wasn't a Predators. There is CMA Fest stuff going on. It wasn't just Predators Watch Party. It says Predators Watch Party. Anyway. And there ain't nobody there. But before that, the Juggernaut Blackhawks face the Predators in the first round. Uh, Predators go to Chicago, win two games, stun the Blackhawks. They come back down for game three. Uh, and this was probably my second full year of just like diehard Preds fan. I, again, if you haven't listened before, I didn't really grow up watching hockey until I came to Nashville. So that's why the Predators are my team. That's um, fair. 
and I got to go to the game. I had a friend that worked for the arena was able to get us tickets and it was an absolutely phenomenal game. Uh, Blackhawks scored two in the second. Fred scored two in the third to tie it, sent it to overtime. Kevin Fiala scored the overtime goal. Everybody goes crazy. And the Preds go on to sweep the Blackhawks, thus ending their reign as an elite team in the NHL. And they have been in shambles ever since. Oh, jeez, Chad. <laughs> uh, Them's just fighting words. No, it's true. They it's have true. been. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the thing is, is the thing with the Blackhawks is, you know, Pat, Patrick Kane, okay? Patrick Kane is probably, when, when it's all said and done, is probably going to go down as the greatest American-born hockey player to, to ever play the game. Uh, but the, the problem is, is, is the youth, the talent. That they, well, it's really not talent, but the, the minor league system, the, the young talent that they've tried to develop isn't developing good. And, and it's becoming, it's gotten to a point where those Taves and Kane contracts are, becoming more of a, a, a of a problem than they are yeah. a solution so so it was like the uh, detroit tigers problem where yeah. they just have these huge contracts and they they can't get these kind of middle tier players to come in and bolster their uh, depth but yeah. that was just such a great experience because the blackhawks were fresh out for the president's trophy and we barely made we i think we like clinched the playoffs in like one of the last couple of games of the season and we weren't expected to do anything and right. we swept them and i remember like the pre-skate going down to the boards and pulling up Owen to all the players as they were skating around because we were sitting by the blackhawks side and oh, oh yeah it was, it was beautiful it was a great yeah game. i mean the downfall the downfall of the blackhawks started when marion hosa had to uh, all of a sudden retire because of the uh, allergic reaction the allergic reaction he was having to his to his equipment and it just it's been a, in a downward spiral ever since but uh mm-hmm. They made the playoffs this year <laughs> in the form of gone too, but yeah. uh, kind of right. All right, Mike, you're up. Okay. So I'm also going to go, I'm, I'm going to use my one non Cleveland, but it, it is a, a team that I'm a gigantic fan of. Uh, I'm going to go college. I'm going to go to one of my alma maters. I'm going to go to Texas A&M. And listen, when I was there, uh, I got there in 2007, so I was there for the 2007 season and the 2008 season. The 2007 season was very mediocre. The 2008 season sucked hard. Uh, But in 2007, it was my mom's second time at Texas A&M visiting uh, from the time she moved me there. It was my sister's first ever time down in College Station, Texas, and I got us pretty sweet tickets in the student section for Texas A&M versus Texas, uh, which is the Thanksgiving week game, which is uh, no longer uh, a rivalry because uh, they won't play each other anymore because Texas is scared. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, up here in the Cleveland area, in the Ohio area, it's very much that, that back then was very much Ohio state, Michigan. That was, Texas A&M, Texas, both of their fight songs reference each other. Uh, So, I mean, it just is, it's a level of hate that's just deep. And they're only about an hour and a half apart. Uh, So I I took my mom and my sister to Kyle Field at Texas A&M, which is, um, I cannot explain to you the atmosphere. You just got to go. 
Uh, Kyle Field is the greatest football atmosphere I've been to. A, I've been to probably a dozen for real Ohio State games. It's not close. You've been to a Preds uh, game? Oh, fuck the Preds. Uh, as, far as, as far as college football goes, there are the great atmospheres. There's LSU. Uh, Kyle Field, Texas A&M, especially when they're playing okay, is one of the great atmospheres in college sports. Nobody sits down the entire game. You can actually feel the stands sway from, from side to side. It is crazy. So I took my mom and my sister, Texas A&M, Texas. Colt McCoy is the quarterback for Texas. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Gerard Johnson. I don't even know who. Uh, Stephen McGee. No, Stephen McGee was the quarterback for, uh, for Texas A&M. And uh, A&M just dominates Texas. And Texas was like number two in the country when they came in. And A&M was maybe breaking top 25. A&M dominates Texas. Uh, absolutely destroys them uh, in, that, in that game, in that Big 12 game. The place was as – it was the loudest, most raucous, most wonderful sports atmosphere I've ever been to. And, uh, and so shout out to Kyle Field. Back at that time, it was about 86, 87,000 people just going nuts. Now they hold about 110,000, uh, which is nuts. But uh, that's, my, that's my number one best sporting event. I've, well, that's one of my two best sporting events I've ever been to in my life. Chad. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds a lot like for, uh, Virginia Tech. That atmosphere at Virginia Tech was that I yes. went to was absolutely incredible. But, um, but that is not actually my one of my top sporting events i've ever been to so uh the date was january 1st this is going to be my non-cleveland one Go the ahead. date was the date was january 1st 2007 i am uh you know i've i'm i'm in arizona for a month this is after i was broadcasting for a minor league hockey team called the youngstown steelhounds and they folded uh, a team in the same league called the arizona sundogs called me up and said, hey, our broadcaster has taken a, a, a month gig with Pride Fighting. You guys remember Pride Fighting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was Pride Fighting. So you guys want to come out here? You want to come out here for a month? You know, we'll pay you. We'll, we'll, we'll shack you up with our, our director of public media relations. I said, absolutely. Let me get, yeah, I'm out there. They flew me out there, right? So, uh, so you know, obviously we have off on New Year's weekend you know new year's eve new year's eve new year's day so the guy i am staying with his name was shane ferraro uh he goes hey listen this is on new year's eve he goes hey one of my buddies uh can't go with me and oh it can't go and he gave me tickets to the fiesta bowl you guys want to go and i said or so you said you want to go i said yeah absolutely Right. And I, I, I don't know if you'll remember this or not. Well, I mean, you're going to remember it as soon as I say it, but uh, the Boise State Broncos were of taking Of course, out. Oklahoma. Oklahoma Sooners. Oh, that was, game was one of the greatest college football games of all time. Absolutely. One of the greatest games ever. You know, Boise State took a 28-10 to 10 lead into the fourth quarter. Oklahoma scores 25 unanswered points to take their first lead of the game with just a minute remaining. Just a minute remaining in the fourth quarter. And the hook and ladder. And, and, and then the hook and ladder happens on fourth and 18 and, and to tie the game up, and they send it in overtime. And then and Statue then, of Liberty. Statue of Liberty, baby. Statue of Liberty. And this was when that Oklahoma team had Adrian Peterson on it. Yes. 
and, and you know, Jared Zabransky hands off to Doug Martin uh, with, with, in the Statue of Liberty play. He takes it in for the two-point conversion. Boise State upsets Oklahoma 43-42. to 42. Doug Martin proposes to his girlfriend after the game, and all is well. So that's my one <laughs> non-Cleveland uh, sporting event that, that was, yeah, that was just amazing. Oh, listen, ever- you went to – you went to one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest uh, college football games of all time. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's great college football games, right? Ohio State, Miami, one of the great college football games of all time. Vince right. Young beating Reggie Bush and USC in the national right. championship, one of the great college football games of all time. Boise State taking out Oklahoma in the in the Fiesta Bowl, yeah. right there with those games, just crazy. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Joey, what do you got for your Cleveland sports? All right. Cleveland sports are going back to 2007. Go on. I was in seventh grade. Wow. This is a surprise. Yeah. It is game two of the 2007 ALDS, the bug game. You were there. I was Ah, there. Indians versus Yankees. If you don't remember the game, it was – So game two, uh, it was a pitcher's duel between Andy Pettit of the Yankees and Fausto Carmona, formerly Fausto Carmona, currently Roberto Hernandez, or (laughs) Roberto Hernandez, but I digress. Hey, you know, the Yankees, they got the the roided up stunners like A-Rod and Robinson Cano, Melky Cabrera. I don't know if, no, I think he was injured. I don't know if he played. but then you also had like, you know, you got to see Derek Jeter play and yeah. Johnny Damon when he wasn't old. Like that guy. Uh, I like Johnny Damon. Travis but, Hafner, uh, Grady Sizemore, yes. Victor Martinez. Let's yep. go. Johnny Peralta. Casey Blake. Casey Blake. Woo! <laughs> Ryan Garko, let's do this. Anyways, total pitchers duel, right? So third inning comes around. Uh, I think it was Melky Cabrera hits a home run. Yeah, Melky Cabrera hits a home run off Fausto Carmona. And when that happens, you're like, oh, shit. Like, that could be the game, the way these guys are pitching right now. Like, it was just lights out. Eighth inning comes around. And uh, if you remember, it's one of the most iconic games in Cleveland Indians yeah. history where Jabba Chamberlain takes a mound and you could see it in the camera. You could see it on the jumbotron, just not even before they addressed it, but there's just bugs. These midges all over Jabba's face. I thought you'd catch that when I brought up the Cleveland midges uh, as a sports team name. But uh, so, uh, you know, they had people come out and spraying him and you couldn't get him off. So he ends up walking Sizemore throws a wild pitch to i don't remember throws a wild pitch ends up throwing a wild pitch to get grady to score game side a one in the eighth goes to extra innings and guess who scored the game winning run off of a travis hafner double was that the travis hafner double into the gap it was was it travis hafner might have been a single yes it was travis hafner it don't matter won the game i don't know who scored it kenny lofton Kenny, Kenny, Kenny loves oh, go on, Kenny. The game-winning I run. That I was, train. I was in seventh grade, and I was there with my parents and my best friend Kevin Money Sherry. And I just remember 
the hit run, Kenny scored, and beer came just flying down <laughs> on us. And I thought that was the coolest thing because I was like 12 and I was covered in beer. And I was like, Mom, I smell like beer. She's like, oh, my God, that's not good. And, uh, yeah, that was that was one of the most memorable games. That was Listen the that. most memorable, I think. That's a good one. I thought you were going to do Joey. Here's a cool story about Joey, uh, honorable mention. Just a couple of years ago, 2017, the ALDS against the Yankees. Your your cool stories are always against the Yankees. Joey Yankees. and his dad were standing at the base of the right field foul pole when uh, when Francisco Lindor hit that grand slam. Yep, and I remember off the foul pole. They were standing it. at the base of that foul pole. They yeah. heard it ring because we were standing right next to the camera guy, and it hit the foul pole. Like we felt the pole shake from the ball hitting it, and we we knew. Yeah, that was a great awesome. game. I think, like, as a game in a whole, that was less memorable, but that moment was definitely. Listen, I've, my Cleveland one, I've been to some I've been to some crazy Cleveland events. I've been to two World Series. Same here. Uh, I've been to – I watched the ALCS. Uh, I watched the ALCS in a dugout suite with Bernie Kosar in 2016 before they got to the World Series. So I watched – I was watching Andrew Miller strike out Josh Donaldson with Bernie Kosar in a dugout suite in 2016. That was awesome. Uh, been to some cool Browns games, but the the single best sporting event I have I, I have been to, and it's because of the ending of the event, was LeBron's first stint, 20, 2009. I think it was 2009, maybe 2008. Was it 2008, 2009? One of the two. When they played Orlando in uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. And um, unfortunately, Orlando gets the best of the Cavs and they go on to play the Lakers in the NBA Finals and absolute travesty because LeBron should have played Kobe in the Finals and that would have been sweet. But but, did they miss a three-pointer in that series? I don't think they did. No, no. Between, like, <laughs> Richard Lewis and Hito Turkoglu and, like, it was the – and Dwight Howard was just dominant. And it, yeah. was, it was just crazy. But I went uh, – I went to one of those games in Cleveland, sat up in the upper deck. It was crazy. I took my, I took my little cousin, Harry, who's a fan of the show. He listens to the show. Uh, and we're watching that game. And of course, Orlando takes like a two point lead with just like a second and a half left. Like, and we're just like, son of a bitch. Like we're, the Cavs are about to go down big time. What like, we're losing that series. And Mo Williams in ball, inbounds the ball to LeBron James. LeBron catches it and shoots it in one motion and just bangs a three pointer. And it's one of the most iconic shots in Cleveland sports history. And I hugged so many people. I hugged so many strangers when he hit that shot. You, we, it wasn't just like a jubilation of like high fives. Like that was a great shot. It was like, let, let me hug you. Let me get you in here and, and let's be family for a minute. It was the loudest I've ever heard anything. I've never heard anything that loud in my entire life than when LeBron hit that three-pointer to win that game against the Magic in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, it, it, it is still, listen, 
Uh, I've got close ones. My beautiful wife surprised me with tickets to the game six of the 2016 NBA finals. One of the great sporting events I've been to Steph Curry throwing his mouthpiece at a fan getting ejected Cavs go on to win amazing but but the explosion after LeBron hit that last second shot in the in the playoffs to win that game was unlike anything I have ever been a part of it was insane it was crazy and that earns my top Cleveland spot for best Cleveland sporting event I've ever been to Chad what do you got well I've been I like you Mike have been to some amazing uh, Cleveland sporting events you know, first off, I mean, outside of just working, I mean, I, I won't even call it a sporting event, but like uh, outside of working that game seven watch party, because I was also there at game six as well, working that game. That was awesome. Um, and it was just amazing. But the, the, the top sporting event that for me, that I, I would say I ever have to go, I, I've ever been to as a fan, there are so many, but like if I had to pick one, gun to my head, Date was August 5th, 2001. Oh, no way. 2001. Seattle Mariners. And this, is, and this was the game oh. where, I, where I realized I would never, ever, ever, ever leave a baseball game again until yes. the very end. Joe, I, I, you look a little – Joe, the Indians went down. For anyone who doesn't know, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. But the Indians went down four, 14 to two. I was watching this game. I watched. Oh, I remember game. where I was. I remember exactly where I was when this happened. In the seventh inning, and the Indians <laughs> scored 12 runs in the last three innings, including five, five of them in the ninth inning with two down, with two outs. Omar Vizquel, <laughs> bases loaded. Omar Vizquel hit a, hit a single to right. Kenny Lofton scores to tie the game. And then in the 11th inning. Who's the winner? Who hits the winner? Joey, who hit the game-winning hit in this game? Joey. Joey. Tell me. Nope. No. I don't know. I don't remember. Indians legend, Holbert Cabrera. Oh, Holbert. With the broken bat single to left. Scores. Scores Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton. And the play goes nuts and that was the indians 21st oh 23rd hit of the game and it was it was far and away i mean the fans were still packed because that was still at a time where you didn't leave the stadium because the indians still had a pretty good lineup but they were but good you also remember you also remember 2001 is 2001 is the greatest season in the history of the seattle mariners yeah that is uh-huh. that's ichiro's rookie year yeah uh-huh. they had a killer bullpen they're, yeah. That's Jamie Moyer. Their pitching staff was amazing. Their offense yeah. was amazing. And the Indians would eventually end up meeting them in the ALDS that year and losing. Uh, yeah. That's CC Sabathia's rookie year. 2001 was a crazy fun year. Uh, yeah. But that game, I, I remember I was, I sat in my, uh, it used to be my sister's room, but my sister had moved to New York at the time. Yeah. And so it was like our home office. And we had yeah. like one of those little like 13 inch TVs in there. And I watched every single bit of that game on that TV. And when they won that game, I went ballistic. Uh, yeah, me too. 
Well, yeah, I, I, I like you hugged a lot of strangers that night just because it was, it was, it was honestly, it was history because it, it was only the third time ever in baseball history that that happened. And the ironic thing about it was the last time that happened, it was against the Indians. <laughs> right. Yes. So it was, it, it, it was a, a, an incredible comeback and it's a game I will never forget. So that's right. my top Cleveland sports. I love it, boys. I love it. All right. So we want to hear from you on our Twitter page or on our Facebook page. Uh, we'll post this, but we want to hear the best sporting events you've ever been to in your entire life. Ones that you actually attended, uh, whether it's Cleveland, whether it's not Cleveland, whether it's obscure or it's well-known, uh, whether you were at uh, game five of the NBA um, Eastern Conference Finals against Detroit in Detroit, where LeBron just went ballistic. I was at game six of that series. That was crazy when uh, Daniel Booby Gibson scored a whole bunch of points, and it was amazing. Uh, or whether it's not Cleveland, whether it's uh, Hawaii or whatever, tell us the best sporting event you've ever been to. Uh, we want to hear your stories, but uh, I think that's going to do it for us here on the Garage Beers podcast uh, for this week. Boys, you got anything else to add? No, uh, good episode, boys. Anything else we want to talk about Bryson DeChambeau before we go? No, he's a bitch. No. I, 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 I'm going to tweet at him right now, and hopefully he comes on. Do <laughs> it. Let's, we will talk smack to that DeChambeau, overblown child. You're a bitch. <laughs> you are <laughs> the bitch. Uh, anyways, uh, that's going to do it for us. We had a great time here with you this week. Tune in to us next week, same time. And again, get onto our social media at the Garage Beers. Or you can follow us individually, Garage Beers Mike, Garage Beers Chad, Garage Beers Joe, at the Garage Beers on Facebook and Garage underscore Beers underscore Pod on Instagram. Get after us. Tell us your favorite sports stories. Uh, but for these guys, for Chad on the east side of Cleveland, for Joe down in Nashville, I am Michael Keefe saying thank you for listening to us again. We'll be back same time next week. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>